Welcome to Beneath the Wing. Just like air passing over the wing of an aircraft provides lift, the people we meet can also give us lift in life by sharing their stories of strength and success, connecting us all. Beneath the Wing explores the stories of the men and women connected with the Minnesota Air National Guard's 133rd Airlift Wing. This special series is dedicated to our Airmen's first year stories. Hear from our Wing's newest members, from enlisted aviators to electricians, aircraft maintainers to medics, and all jobs in between. These Airmen have transformed from high school students to dedicated and involved members of the 133rd Airlift Wing family. In their own words, they'll share how they chose their military job, the connection they have with the team, and how they have changed from young civilian to American airmen. I'm your host, Wing Command Chief, Mark Legvold. Joining me today on Beneath the Wing First Year Stories is Staff Sergeant Tyler Marr. And we've had a lot of airmen uh, joining me on the first year stories, Staff Sergeant Marr is a different first year stories in that he came to our wing within the last year from active duty, and he's got a unique perspective to that. After growing up in Buffalo and graduating from Buffalo High School, he joined the Air Force active duty in 2018. Welcome, Tyler. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely a pleasure. So talk about your progression here. How did you manage to uh, how did you decide to join active duty first? What was your job in active duty? And then how did you manage to come to the Minnesota Air National Guard? In uh, 2017, I was looking over my options on what I was going to do after high school. I uh, toured a couple of colleges uh, down in the cities. I was really interested in uh, Dunwoody. And then I, uh, I decided school wasn't quite the thing that I was, uh, wasn't the path I wanted to take right after high school. And I was already interested in the military. So I, uh, after doing a couple tours, I went and visited a recruiter and saw what the Air Force is all about. And uh, I decided that's the path I wanted to take. And it's what would be uh, best for me in kind of transitioning from a kid to an adult. Um, when I took the ASVAB test, that's uh, kind of like the SAT or the ACT uh, for people that don't know what the ASVAB is. Um, and then from there, filtered out all the jobs that I qualified for and what jobs interested me. And then uh, that's how I kind of got started, and then I went and signed the contract. Yeah, so you knew what job you were going to have when you left for active duty, correct? I did. A lot of people don't know unless you, uh, so you can go into an open category or you can go with the job you chose. Um, the job I had was command control battle management operator. And uh, I went to Texas for BMT with a four-year contract of that. Tyler, that sounds like a pretty complex job. Can you explain what that job entails? Yeah, there's, uh, there's kind of two different paths you can go down. You can either be more of an office uh, worker and uh, planning missions and stuff at a, what's called an operations center. Or you can go to a control and reporting center, which is the tactical side of um, that career field. So after going to tech school for two months in Mississippi, went to Luke to become a surveillance technician. And Luke Air Force Base is in Arizona, right? Yep. Okay. Went to Luke, and uh, after graduating from surveillance school, uh, I got sent 
back to the schoolhouse at Luke Air Force Base for uh, weapons director school, which is the person that actually gets to control the aircraft um, for these missions. The best way to describe that job is um, you're kind of like an air traffic controller, but for tactical missions. Okay. So once the uh, mainly like fighter, bomber, ISR uh, assets take off out of the base, ATC will hand, air traffic control handle hand the assets over to us, and then we go and execute the mission. And you're kind of like uh, conducting an orchestra right there in front of the orchestra, right? Right. If you were to think about it like on a football team, almost an offensive coordinator. Okay. All right. And uh, you did that for a while in active duty. Did you get to travel with that job? Yeah. Uh, took quite a few trips to uh, Nellis Air Force Base for uh, weapons school support, Red Flag. Spent a little bit of time at Fort Bliss, El Paso, Texas. And then uh, the big one was uh, to Shaw Air Force Base. I spent the summer of well, spring to fall in 2021. Um, where I controlled the uh, drawdown of Afghanistan. A lot of aircraft moving in and out of there, and you controlled that from where is Shaw Air Force Base? Shaw is Sumter, South Carolina. South Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, originally, I was supposed to go to El Dafra, and then shortly beforehand, they said, we're going to go and do this out of uh, Shaw Air Force Base remotely. So at some point there in 2021, you decided to move out of the active duty. What was your, how did you make that decision where, okay, active duty has been good, but I think I want to, did you want to leave active duty and just leave the military and, and come back home to Minnesota? Or were you moving on to something and you knew you wanted to stay in the military? So originally, uh, when I went in the Air Force, I wanted to be a loadmaster. And I had that on my list. I kept the job that I ended up doing originally on my list because it sounded really interesting to me. And if I got it, or if I got selected for that job, I wasn't going to be upset and I was going to, I was going to give it a try. After doing uh, the weapons director thing for a while, I, I kind of decided, you know, I'm not going to give up this job. You know, in the Air Force, they kind of talk about, you know, the spear and closer you get to the tip of the spear. And I like the action, but I didn't see myself staying a weapons director for 20 years um, but I knew that I liked the Air Force enough to where I wanted to stay in and not get out. So what I decided to do is let's give the loadmaster thing a shot and make that happen because that's what I really originally wanted. So can you explain real quick if I've never heard of a loadmaster before what does a loadmaster do in the Air Force? We, uh, we supervise the unloading and offloading of cargo onto cargo aircraft, our C-130, and uh, <clears throat> conduct the in-flight operations as well. And then if you were to do uh, an airdrop mission, then you are dropping the cargo out the back of the aircraft and uh, making sure everything happens safely. So you are what we would consider an enlisted aviator, right? Yep. So basically, you don't need a college degree. You can just join the Air Force and be a loadmaster, right? With a little bit of training. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you take the ASVAB as long as you qualify. And uh, the physical requirements, too. There's some eyesight things with uh, a flight physical. Mm -hmm. It's just a class three. It's not a class one. And, uh, yep, you get to go and fly on planes uh, without the college degree. Sounds like a pretty fun job. 
looking out the back end of an airplane when the back end is actually open and pushing stuff out the back, right? Yep. Not too bad. So you left active duty, you came to the guard, you got accepted as a load master, and then you had to go to a new training school, right? Yeah. Okay, where was that? So uh, every career enlisted aviator, like you just mentioned, goes to uh, Lackland Air Force Base. It actually happens to be where basic military training is as well. So across the base, they have a schoolhouse that they teach you uh, aircrew fundamentals, uh, just physiology um, topics and how to handle uh, certain scenarios where you might not have oxygen at an altitude where you need oxygen and things like that. So you really start learning to be an aviator there, and then you go into a, it's called the basic load master course. That's two months at Lackland as well in San Antonio. And then from there, you go on to your uh, your individual aircraft. So all the load masters for C-17, C-5, C-130s are all in that course, and then you branch out. And our uh, C-130 load master schoolhouse is in Little Rock. At Little Rock. Yep, Little Rock, Arkansas. And... Uh, the only other training you need after that is uh, SEER. What does SEER stand for? Survive, evade, uh, resist, and escape. It's, uh, they, what they teach you there is uh, survival skills, and um, that's really what it is. You survive, you evade, and for capture, you resist, mm -hmm. and then escape. Just in case your plane goes down and behind the lines, right? Yep. Yeah. You have to eat bugs? I did not have to do any of the field portion or eat any bugs. I know some people that they did have to go out and do some of the field portion. Sure. And, uh, but yeah. So here you are. You've been back with us for about how long as a loadmaster? I've been here since October, uh, so four months. Okay. And fitting into the 133rd, obviously, it's it's a little different in that you're. Uh, your coworkers are all working together on the plane, but there's a lot of preparation, a lot of mission planning. What goes into that process? And, and can you talk a little bit about the teamwork and the family environment that you have here in the operations area? Absolutely. Um, the C-130 crew, it always feels like it's a giant family. It's uh, made up of two pilots, a flight engineer, navigator, and a loadmaster. Um, oftentimes you'll have two loadmasters. So for mission planning, um, the pilots and the navigators uh, will take care of a lot of like the route and where we're going to fly and how we're going to fly it. Um, but then the loadmaster and the engineer will go out and prepare the aircraft for flight. It's called pre-flighting. Make sure as a loadmaster everything's secured and ready for the plane. None of the systems are broken. Um, and you also check your oxygen, make sure your restraint harness is set up properly. And then if you're doing an airdrop mission, you'll actually rig what you're going to be airdropping. So if it's extracted with a parachute or if it's just a bundle that's going to float out the back with gravity, there's certain uh, restraint requ restraint requirements um, for each load, and you need to make sure it's secured and ready for flight. Sounds like a lot of complex orchestration. Yeah. Um, timeline is also important. You don't want to be late, and you have to be uh, on time to get the load where it needs to be, uh, when it needs to be there. So you do operate under a little bit of stress and time restraints. Yeah. You, um, you've been doing this with us for a while now, um, wearing the uniform almost every single day. You were active duty, wore the uniform every single day. Is your goal to continue working full-time with the military, or are you going to transition into the civilian sector? What do you do on the outside? 
So I, uh, I plan on being in the military for quite some time. Uh, I, I love it. I love the Air Force, and it's uh, loving me back. I got to do some cool stuff. Um, right now, I'm currently a student with uh, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. They're out of Daytona Beach. I do their online program. Um, so at first, I'm going to finish my degree. I've got just under a year left of that. It's a Bachelor of Science in Aeronautics. Um, and then after that, I uh, plan on doing some flight lessons and becoming a pilot. Uh, so just do that for now and uh, do what's called guard bumming for a little bit, and you pick up as many flights and orders as possible so you can still earn an income but uh, do what you want to do for training and school. You're basically working out here pretty part-time, but you know, still a lot of extra days going to school relatively full-time yep. and balancing all of that with a relatively decent family and personal life. You know, guard family is uh, it's an important part of that. Yeah, and as a flyer, you, uh, you're doing more than the weekend, weekend a month, two weeks a year. You end up coming in for about as a traditional four times a month. I've got, I haven't got the experience in that yet because I've been full-time, mm -hmm. but you'll come in for four flights a month and then you still have your drill weekend and you end up coming in around six, six to eight times a month. You've been a staff sergeant with us here for a little while, so now we're starting to have enlisted aviators come through that are just straight out of high school, go to technical school, go to SEER training like you were talking about, learning how to be a new loadmaster, and now brand new fresh out of high school and you get to supervise them. Uh, what have you learned about supervising people that are just coming straight out of straight out of high school and joining the military? What's been fun about it? What's been challenging? Uh, I haven't got to do a whole lot of supervising um, as a brand new staff sergeant. I'm fairly new. Uh, it wasn't too long ago where I was a senior airman. But I'd say, uh, yeah, just seeing somebody grow from you know, just a student in high school to the next day you're operating on million-dollar aircraft and doing some pretty responsible things. So I think that is pretty cool, the transition and uh, getting to see getting to see somebody grow up and gain confidence because um, you could be just a shy kid one day and then the next you're a confident uh, adult. Mm -hmm. We put a lot of trust in the people that come in pretty quickly, don't we? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Think back to when young Tyler Marr was sitting in high school in Buffalo, um, cold February day, uh, you know, and you're just staring out the window wondering what's next in your in your life. Did you think you would have this much responsibility this quickly in your life? I did not. Um, I actually thought about that last night. Um, going from just high school, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't shy, but I wasn't you know, just this out outgoing, confident person, um, joining the Air Force immediately changed that. Uh, the confidence went through the roof, and I, a lot of it came with the responsibility and trust that the Air Force had me. Uh, going in mission planning with all these fighter bomber pilots, and you ask any of them, it's you have to be confident. If you're not, that's when people get hurt. Where did the confidence come from? Was it like immediately, you mentioned you were kind of a little on the shy side in high school. Where did it come from? Really just the, uh, I mean, the atmosphere of the Air Force, and you just kind of get, you can imagine as a pit of fire, it's either sink or swim, you know, like you, you got to go and be confident in some situations, and most of the time you 
you end up pulling it out. Yeah. Um, when you showed up at, at basic training, obviously you're still kind of a, you know, still in that high school student mode. You were, you joined right after high school. Um, you had an opportunity to really kind of, like you said, you know, you love the Air Force and the Air Force would love you back. They've given you some skills and, um, what was what were you nervous about going into basic training that whole experience? Um, I would say the unknown was kind of like what made it the most, uh, I guess, nerve wracking. Guard, it's a little bit different. Active duty, it was you don't know your assignment, you don't know where you're gonna end up in five, six months from now. So, I just not knowing, and then that was also kind of the fun part about it. Is it's just a giant adventure, but yeah, that was probably what made me the most nervous. I actually wasn't supposed to go to Mount Home, Idaho. That's where I spent most of my time. I was supposed to go to Shaw, as we talked about, an operation center operator, and I didn't want that. So we were able to work some angles and trade uh, assignments where I got to get what I wanted. And the Air Force is uh, very forgiving in that manner, where they're going to help you out to get what you want. Yeah, you uh, you listed off like three, four different active duty bases that you were stationed at or that you were at during your time in active duty, and now you're, here you are at the 133rd. Are we going to send you other places to live in the world, or are you pretty much stuck here in the Twin Cities? So that's what I like about the Guard. Now that I'm back in Minnesota and serving the state of Minnesota in the Air National Guard, I get to stay here for the rest of my career, but we don't just stay in the Twin Cities. We'll get to go and do all these adventures all around the world. Um, I've already been, since being back in, in October, I've already gone to Colorado. Um, I was out in Virginia for uh, dropping personnel and doing all, all these different missions. Plan on going to Yuma next month, as well as McDill down in Tampa uh, in March. Great time to go to Florida Absolutely. for a trip. Yep. Um, so yeah, you get to basically home base, Twin Cities here at MSP, and then you branch out all the time and go to cool spots. You are a load master and you talked about dropping personnel. I assume they had parachutes. They did. What's that mission like for a, a load master? So I will be doing my first static line drop at McDill. Um, the one that I did in Virginia where it's more like a free jump, they just jump out the back and they're not uh, the parachutes aren't tied to the aircraft. The way it'll work for a static line is their parachute is attached to the aircraft and then when they jump out it deploys because it just pulls the deployment bag off. Mm -hmm. The guys that we were dropping in Virginia would just jump out and then they'd, they'd pull their own parachute. But it was pretty cool. We actually got to drop, uh, they were jumping into the water so we dropped their rubber boats out with them, so we drop the boats and then they go and chase the boats down as they jump and then they're at high altitude and it's pretty cool stuff. I've, I've watched movies and thought, you know, you watch that kind of stuff happen in movies and go like, is, is that a real thing Do they actually do that? Uh, it sounds like you've actually had the opportunity to watch it happen live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good experience. And then you start wondering, you know, is Tom Cruise gonna be on my plane next? <laughs> <laughs> We'll just see. I think Maverick's going to be flying by in that uh, sweet Navy plane that he likes to hop in, right? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, hey, Tyler, can you talk about 
you, you talked about staying in the military. What, what are some of your goals for the remainder of your time in the Air National Guard? What do you really want to accomplish? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. I think about it a lot. Um, I've got a passion for aviation, so I do know I'm going to stay in the, uh, in the ops world and fly on aircraft. Uh, whether it be a loadmaster, pilot, uh, I plan on being an aviator for a long time. Sounds like a good place to spend a lot of time. Yeah, you know, the office view is all right, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine... Opening up the back is pretty thrilling. Yeah, for sure. It, it's all work and no play. Uh, it, it makes it a pretty boring lifestyle. We have to stay physically fit and... Uh, it allowed there, it gave us a little bit of time to pursue some of our hobbies and some fun. Um, being an airman isn't just putting the uniform on and, you know, pushing pushing uh, soldiers and, and uh, sailors out of the back end of a plane. What are some things that, uh, that we do out here that kind of add to the fun or also staying physically fit? I mean, you're a hockey guy, right? I am. Okay. Yep. So played high school hockey in Buffalo and... Uh... We have a Thursday morning skate every week. If you uh, if you play hockey on the base, we just go play a pickup game at St. Thomas, and uh, it's a good time. You know, that's a good way to stay uh, physically fit, so you can take your fitness test. And I mean, what's better cardio than just going and skating with your friends, right? Uh, agree, or you know, kind of skating. <laughs> I, I'm an old guy and still get out there, and people are pretty uh, pretty tolerant of my lack of ability. But it is a whole lot of fun, and you know, here in Minnesota, we like to do that. You mentioned a fitness test, so part of being in the military is you have to be physically fit. Um, what's the physical fitness stuff like for the military side of things? What do we have to do? For uh, the Air Force, you just have to run a mile and a half. You have to do a minute of push-ups and a minute of sit-ups. And uh, as long as you get, I think it's around 45 for sit-ups and push-ups per minute and 12-minute uh, mile and a half you're sitting pretty good for a score. Um, that's not the minimums, but um, fitness is, it's important and you need to stay physically fit to be in the military, but it's definitely nothing that you should be worried about when joining the military. Yeah, I had a good conversation with somebody who said they didn't even prepare for basic training physically. And they got down there and they pretty much learned as they went and they got them in pretty good physical, physical shape. So like you said, you don't have to be in the peak condition We'll get you there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you've been in uh, for about five years. You've been with us for a little while. There's that physical growth. There's the intellectual growth, uh, learning your job, becoming proficient at your job. But there's also that personal side of things. And I asked you to think back about you know what it was like in Buffalo High School when you were a senior, junior. Um, it's been a transformative process. What have you learned the most about yourself, and what do you, how do you think you've changed the most since you joined? Um, the sky's the limit. You, know, you can get anything you really want as long as you put the effort and uh, stay committed to something. As long as you are working hard towards a goal, it will happen. You just have to stick with it. I think that's what I learned a lot with my old job, as well as becoming a low master because it's a long process to transition from active duty to guard and switching jobs. As long as you just, uh, you're verbal about it, what you, what your goals and aspirations are, uh, you can make anything happen. Yeah. If, if, uh, if you were going to recommend this to, would you recommend this type of a lifestyle or a career to someone else? And if so, 
what are the best things that you would say, hey, definitely, you'd, you'd get this? Yeah, uh, like I already talked about, the transition piece and becoming an adult, uh, it happens a little bit quicker in the military. But then there's also other benefits like tuition assistance and GI Bill. I haven't had to pay nearly as much uh, for tuition or anything if I were to just go to college or after high school. It's all paid for, and uh, there's just a lot of good benefits uh, to joining the military, not just from a financial point, but just building your character and uh, becoming the person who you are. Yeah, and you get to see some really cool things and work with some great people. Absolutely. All right. I've been talking with Staff Sergeant Tyler Marr at the 133rd Airlift Wing. He works in our operations side of things, which means he works directly on the planes, and sometimes he gets to push human beings out the back all the time they have a parachute, though. Tyler, yeah. thanks for joining me on Beneath, on Beneath the Wing and sharing your first-year story. Thanks for having me. Absolutely my pleasure. As always, thanks for joining me on Beneath the Wing where those connected with the 133rd Airlift Wing, Minnesota Air National Guard share their stories of strength and success. We will be releasing a new first-year story each Tuesday and Thursday throughout the month of February, March, and April. If you think you are someone whose story could be a part of our Wings family here in Minnesota and are seeking direction for your next step in life, or you know someone who is, please explore our opportunities at 133aw.ang.af mill and share these podcasts if you're outside our local area but are still interested in serving in the air national guard in your state or territory goang.com will get you started that's goang.com as always i'd like to thank our public affairs section especially amy lovegren for her post-production and release work i've been your host wing command chief master sergeant mark lightbulb <laughs>